Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I am your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Holding as we look ahead to the weekend's racing on Saturday, especially at Ascot, including the Ascot Chase. Uh, Andy, just the two of us today. It's going to be a quick little uh, whip around uh, Saturday's racing. We are recording this at kind of midday on Thursday, so final decks are just in and the price is very much subject to change as, as they're just coming out now. Um, are you looking forward to the weekend? Always, yeah. Um with a certain amount of trepidation though nowadays, because uh, my, my Saturday punting um, or my odds checker column has definitely su- suffered in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, January wasn't too bad, but yeah, first two weekends of February haven't gone great. Um, should have put Zanz up really um, mm. off the back of uh, our discussions here last week. Um, that one went a big in. I should have had a little small interest in that um, for the subscribers, but um, yeah, it's no point um, dwelling on that too much. We've got to, try and uh, resurrect it this weekend exactly well yeah hopefully um a few people who watched the show last week would have backed zanza i i actually watched zanza um using the exchange stream so i was kind of logged in and and money in the account saw zanza there remember what you said just didn't back him don't know why just just decided against it and watched him absolutely scoot up which is a bit of a blow um before we get into the racing uh, as i mentioned last week the guys over at Racing Weekly are doing a live show at the George Pub in Chiswick in London. Um, and if you click on the link in the description to this podcast or video, you can buy a ticket, uh, a tenner a ticket. It is, uh, that includes a pie and a pint. It'll be Rishi Passad, Sam Turner, Nick Schofield, the informed jockey, Betfair Hurdle winning jockey will be there as well. Pat Cooney from Bet365 will be there. Johnny Ward, a regular on this show, will be there too. All the big names, Andy, apart from you and I. So um, yeah, make sure you, you buy a ticket. And support the guys on Monday, the 6th of March, that is, at the George Pub in Chiswick in London. So would, get on it. It sh- should be a cracking evening. Would, would decrease the value in the ticket if me and you turned up, particularly me. He'd be a fiver. Too right. Ticket, it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and also, there wouldn't, wouldn't be any pies or points left for you there, Andy. You'd, you'd have much no, Definitely. Very appetising. Especially with 10. You, you don't get much change out of 20 quid if you go to Cheltenham for that, do you? Too right. Well, I mean, L- London prices these days, you're basically making money if you go, um, yeah. I would say, for a pie and a pint. But um, yeah, make sure you do buy your tickets. It's going to be a great evening uh, with the guys previewing uh, Charlton there as well. And um, yeah, all, all good value, um, I'm sure. But let's start with Ascot here. Andy, um, do download the Odds Checker app before we get into these previews uh, where you can find the best prices, bookie offers, free bets and Andy's tips straight to the app every single morning. Um, but we'll start with the, the 150 at Ascot, the Reynolds Town Novice Chase. Um, Bold Endeavour is the 6-4 to four favourite here. That's best price with Skybet. Uh, Kenodo Quaytu is fifteen to two. Uh, JJ Riley eight to one. Oscar Elite twelve to one. Four runners here, Andy, for the, for the first race of the preview. Uh, any thoughts? Yeah, thoughts are that this race over the years has had a real um, illustrious role of honour. Um, n- not necessarily had a massive impact on Cheltenham Festival races. There has been one or two winners of uh, the Rendlesham that have gone on to um, supplement those gains at. In, in the the old um, Sun Alliance, as it used to be called, now the RSA, yeah. the brand advisory, changes every year, doesn't it, the titles? Yeah, I know. Uh, um, but unfortunately, we've only got four runners. And with the greatest respect to any of the four runners, I don't want to offend any connections that are listening, but it, it has to be said it's definitely a weaker renewal than normal. Um, bold Endeavour favourite. You wouldn't expect a horse like him, having pulled up on his seasonal reappearance, to be now odds on to win a race of this nature. But mm. I think the fact that he's gone on from that since and he's looked fairly good in his two victories at Leicester and Weatherby respectively 
you sort of have to put him in favourite, really. And when you add on top of that, the, the other main factor why he's such a short price, uh, Gallia de Lezzo is out, I presume on the count of the ground. Um, then bookmakers are quite right to perhaps, you know, be a little bit defensive um, with him because JJ Riley won a handicap at Kempton last time out. And I think he he looked to be struggling going out the last. I knew that he's sort of... Um, Tenacious nature got him home. Is he a three-miler? Probably not. He's, you know, he's only rated 135, so you wouldn't normally expect a horse who rates 135 to, to win a race this nature. Look, we've seen odd things happening at this time of year when the ground's good. Zanza won when he was you know, a stone and a half wrong with the likes of Hitman and Eldorado Allen. So ratings tend to go out the window, and I don't concentrate on them that much, but you know, it is a fact that mm. JJ Riley is one of the fancied ones here, and he, 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 like I say, he won a Class 3 race last time out. The interesting one is is um, Canondo Cueto, who, um, again, if you ask connections at the start of the season when he was languishing off 107, would he be contesting a grade two later on in the season? The answer would be probably no. But look, you know, given good ground and, a, a, you know, a decent test of stamina, and I'm, I think they'll go a reasonable gallop here. We've got Bolden Deverell golf in front. He's He's definitely got a squeak. He's got a very, very good cruising speed. He, he finds plenty off the bridle. I think if there was going to be a shocker bound here, it, it might be him. Um, so, yeah, the, the price is... I think Sam England's horse is definitely worth a look. But I think we've got the right favourite uh, because of all the reasons I outlined. Um, but, yeah, just, just from a value perspective, I don't think Conondo Cueto will, will do himself anything other than a huge amount of um, respect. This is, I mean, as I say, this is um, prices coming out as we as we're recording. But but Skybet have, and I've checked this, and it is right. Skybet have basically got the, the middle two in the market flipped, where JJ Riley's market price eight to one, with, with basically all firms. Skybet go five to two. Kinodo Quetu is is eleven to four um, with most firms, and, and Skybet go fifteen to two. So they've taken a massive view here. I I, um, I would say that's a clerical error. Yeah. I, I, so. I think I think yeah. they've def, I think they've just definitely put it in the wrong order. That'll soon be corrected. I think JJ Riley should be five to two and Kwando Quato fifteen yeah. to two. Uh, sorry, yeah. the other way around. I beg your pardon, five to two and, and and JJ Riley fifteen to two. So I think if you were to try and snap that up, you might get a little um, email off <laughs> uh, the, the Skybet <laughs> representative saying um, uh, we're, we're not going to allow you that bet. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think these two, um, yeah, certainly not advocating that. And by the time this goes out, no. I'm pretty sure that would have, would have been corrected as well. So, so no, yeah. no point trying. I don't um, know. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, Kenoda Kwetu, basically 11 to 4, JJ Riley 8 to 1. But we assume that will be the case. But either way, um, could be the, the way to play this as well. Uh, on to the, um, the Swindley Handicap Chase. Uh, Captain Noor is the uh, 92 favourite ahead of Laskin at six to one. Danny Kerwan 13 to two alongside Rebels Hill. Phoenix Way eight to one. Fairnet 11 to one. And Neon Moon 14 to one. 16 to one. Bar those 14 run here, Andy. Most firms playing four places. Uh, how do you see this? Poor, oh, yeah. Um, this is this is a nasty one. Um, a variety of form strands of all shapes and sizes and ages. I mean, goodness me. I, Raw, raw encore. He's 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 going up to sort of sunny summers kind of uh, range here. So he's 15 years old. Mm. Um, I thought he might have been retired a long time now, but he, he still keeps coming back for more. 
you'd normally look towards a sort of like, like a lightly raced, sexy one coming through the ranks. Um, you know, like your Revels Hill, your Danny Kerwins, uh, your Neon Moons. Um, uh, but, you know, that, that, those are mentioned have, have got slightly shaky profiles, particularly Revels Hill was a bit disappointing last time out. See, the cheap pieces have gone on with him. Um, I sort of came down on the side of um, Captain Nord just because of his much improved effort last time out at Doncaster on good ground. Um, I think it was, a, was it Skybet Chase? I think if I remember rightly, because I, 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 the names of these races nowadays change on um, almost yeah. um, on, on a whim. But yeah, he, he definitely wants good ground and he's often a horse that comes good at this time of year. He won um, the... I think it's a racing, the old racing post chase. Again, that might have changed now. I do apologise for the, the race names. But he beat Stavra Companion Kitty's mm. Light this time last year. Um, and he's off a similar mark to what he won. I think he was 127. I think he's 127 now when I was just doing my research this morning. So on a process of elimination um, and the fact that he's, he goes well right-handed on good ground and he's in good nick and this is his time of year, I thought Captain Nord was probably the... The, the sort of like the percentage call at the prices yeah captain nord um the percentage call so not necessarily a strong one but nine to two best price that's with with hills 10 yeah. bet and, and live score bet um there in the that's the 225 the swindley handicap chase uh, on to the third race um or the fourth race on the card which is the uh the three o'clock handicap hurdle um over uh two miles and three furlongs where irish hill is the four to one favorite ahead of zoffany bay at eight to one, Jello nine to one, Homper Bleak uh, and Glynn and uh, Two Friendly or ten to one, twelve to one bar those Andy. Uh, anything stronger for this one? Jello that is the is the the one that's a sea of blue and odds checker. And normally that means um, it might be at your selection as well. No, I think a better ground will suit uh, Jello. He was very impressive when he won uh, early on in the season. Uh, beat um, Horto Duderis comfortably. He's since had two tries on soft ground at Haydock and Sandown respectively, and He's just failed to come to scratch when he's been favoured. He's actually three to one on um, at Haydock when he flopped. Mm. So I think the key to him is definitely the better ground, even though he, he comes from France. I think because I don't think he's an overly, overly big horse to look at him. I don't think he's the most robust of types. So um, he's a similar type to sort of Green Book, that kind of stature. But he does keep galloping. And as we saw last weekend, Venetia still has plenty of ammunition to throw at the board on good ground horses with Finn and Boone Savola winning uh, the, the game Spirit. So I can see why there's money for him, but I must admit I've had a massive and healthy respect all season long for Irish Shell. He's been a horse that I've put up a couple of times uh, this season. I'm, I'm sort of guilty of maybe going to the well once too often with him, but I do like his attitude. He's been in the like at the, at the coal face all the way through his races. Um, he hasn't flinched an inch, and the key to him is a strongly run two and a half miles, as he proved when he won a very valuable race at Bakenham last time out. That was a, that was a mm. really good heat for the grade and for the track, and um, you know he came through with flying colours. He's going to have to step up again because again I do think this is a, a a slight step up from the Fakenham heat, not not by a massive chunk, but enough to suggest that yeah he's going to have to you know raise his game again. But I think he could be up to it um, just because of his likability factor. Um, I think he's just the kind of horse that loves the, loves his racing, and that that shows in his performances because he he very rarely. Um, um, throws a bad running. In fact, I'm just look checked his profit. I don't think he's been out the frame in his life. Has he been out the frame in his life over hurdles? No, he hasn't. He's never been out the first three in his life. So, mm. 
that's cue for him to finish fourth. Now I've tipped him each way with four, <laughs> with three places. But if there are four places available, I'm sure there will be Saturday. Then, um, you know, if you can get um, a, look almost like a, a bet to nothing around about the four yeah. five to one mark, then he, he'd be the one. Irish Hill four to one with Hills ten bet and live score bet. Um, they uh, Hills paying four places, Skybet paying five places. They're seven to two. Uh, maybe for the each way multis. Uh, on to the, the big race on the card at Ascot um, and might give us some clues as to a race that we're going to be discussing after this for the Cheltenham Super Service. Andy and I will be talking through the Ryanair um, card now that Alaho is out. We might get some clues as to what Andy will say then here. Um, but it is the Ascot Chase um, over two miles and five furlongs with Fakir Duderis. It's a seven to four favourite head of Shishin stepping up and trip. Um, after a couple of really disappointing performances, eleven to four, pick Dorhey three to one, Middlesbrough ten to one, first floor twenty two to one, and I write fifty to one. Andy. Yeah, my, my gut reaction would be to not necessarily take on Fakir Duderis because I'm a, a fully paid up member of his fan club, always have been, and he's been such a reliable source at, at this level for uh, quite a while now. You know, grade grade ones, grade twos in particular when he's. When he sidestepped the big guns like an Alaho, if he if he took on Alaho and his pomp, he'd run against him ten times and he'd get beat ten times. But you you, you know you, you connections have been very very clever with him. They've sometimes bypassed Cheltenham. They've gone to Aintree. They've gone to various meetings and plotted a course throughout the season. I think that's partly down to Kevin Blake who does all the entries for for, for mm. Joseph O'Brien. Why he's been so successful and why he's been such a good money spinner. Um, he won this race last year, but it wasn't a much softer surface than what he's going to encounter over the weekend. I think ostensibly he would want giving the ground, and I don't think look at the look at the conditions come the weekend and the forecast he's going to get that. Plus the fact I think he looks a little bit more vulnerable than he would do in ordinary years because he comes off the back of a of a win last time out, but I think he was beaten when he when uh, the thing of um, Willie Mullins fell at the last. Um, mm. Something like Hawk Couture or something like that. Hawk on Couleur. Hawk on Couleur, that's the one who fell at the last. He was very much in control. And at that point, I thought Fakir is really. I backed Fakir did a reason. I thought he's beat. Um, I don't know what price he was in running, but he must have been sort of 30, 40 to 1 going out at the last. Uh, but he inherited the, the, the lead because that one fell. And, and in turn, uh, the, the Mullins horse um, hampered uh, French Dynamite. So he basically mm. got the race on a platter. But he just seemed to be really laboured for me that day. And that was on for Irish, on Irish sort of um, terms, you know, a quicker surface than he's normally used to. But to Ascot Saturday, I think is going to be really good. So I think the, the angle in here is not to back Fakaduda is on this occasion only and perhaps look towards Pictoria and Shishkin. Now, obviously... Big, big the, leap of faith for Shishkin, isn't it? Well, this is it. I, mean, I was just about to going to say that. A Shishkin of, of a bygone era... Even a couple of years ago, we'd absolutely pick this lot and carry him. Um, mm. he, he, you know, he would be a different class. And you could look at his price and think, got 11 to 4. You know, he's, he's a serious, seriously um, difficult one to sort of like avoid at that kind of price. Now you've been dangled the carrot. But, you know, he's pulled up at, at, at Cheltenham. They gave one or two excuses that day. I mean, obviously the ground was probably the key factor. But even so, he was beaten far too early to even probably perhaps solely blame the ground. Um, and then at Sandown in the Tingle Creek, again, he, he looked very, very laboured that day. They've subsequently given him a, a wind up, so he's obviously mechanically not quite right or internally not quite right either. Uh, and they've stuck to tongue-tying him. If all that works, 
and obviously, you know, it's a, it's a it's a big if with a capital I, then fair enough, you could see Shishkin winning. But could you back him with confidence? I don't mm. see how anyone can. You'd be very much, like as you say, a leap of faith. So now I'm, I'm falling down the side and pick Dory here. Again, another one that's been very expertly handled by Connections this season. Uh, won the Peterborough Chase on good ground. Not beating, you know, a quality field. Um, you know, Miller's Bank, etc. Good horses in their own right. You know, your first flows of this world. But... Um, not grade one form. Um, and then, you know, he, he, he doddled up last time out at Kempton um, in a grade two again. He just looks in great form, this horse. And the fact that he's, he's a front runner, likes to race prominently, keeps himself out of trouble, keeps his own counsel and will just bound along on good ground and, you know, kind of get into a good rhythm around a track that definitely plays into the strengths of front runners. I think he's, again, another one that you should be more comfortable back in than perhaps looking at the other two. Pick Dorhey there. Uh, best price, 3-1 to one with 10 bet and live score bet, 11-4. to four, Pretty much market price, taking on Shishkin and Fakir Duderis. Uh, as I say, I'll be talking to Andy for the Cheltenham Super Service uh, after this, exclusively uh, for the Super Service there about the Ryanair, and we'll get his thoughts ahead of that. Um, quickly over to Haydock now for the Grand, for the Grand National Trial. Uh, Fontaine Colon is the five is the five to one favourite. This is the two forty. Uh, Bristol de Mai thirteen to two. Small Present fifteen to two. Quick Wave eight to one. The two Amigos ten to one. Grumpy Charlie and Omar Moretti both eleven to one. And not a chance twelve to one. Tim Pat twelve to one. Fourteen to one. Bar those fifteen here. Andy, uh, how do you see it? Yeah, I, I quite like one at a big price here. Fourteen to one shot. Um, I, I think this horse has been really unlucky this season. Um, the horse in question is. Um, First Lord de Coué. Mm. Um He's bumped into some seriously progressive novices that have just had too much for him on the day. But I don't think it's through lack of effort or there's anything sinister about him at all. You know, he got beat by Complete Unknown, who's regarded as a grade one horse, won the EBF final last, year, last season at Sandown. Monbeg Genius, who beat him at Chepstow uh, two starts ago, absolutely dotted up when he went back and justified fade to the next time. And I do think Sizable Sam's now back number either. Jeremy Scott horse who beat him next to that. Every time he jumped well, he travelled well, he tried as hard as he could. Sometimes you look at a horse and you think, are they a dodgy because they keep finishing second? Or mm. are they, is, there, is, is there excuses, i.e. is the time figure good? Was the winner just better handicapped? And I take the view that he, he has been a bit of shade, unfortunate. Either way, either way, even if he was to, you could put him in the former category, i.e., you know, he could have a little bit of a brittle constitution off the bridle if you were that way inclined of thinking. I still think because of the way he jumps and travels, he'll get himself into the thick end of the business end of the race. And I think at 14 to 1, he's liable to run his race but more than most. The ground's fine for him. The track will suit him because he jumps well. He's a really good jumper, an accurate jumper. Um, and I do, I just like his profile. So I'll go with First Lord de Coué each way. Again, if you can shop around and get four, maybe five prices on the day, then, um, yeah, there's there's worse bets than him in the race, put it that way. Yeah, five paces currently, Paddy Power and William Hill, who are both uh, 14 to 1. Um, so for, for David Noonan's ride here, First Lord de Coué uh, in the Grand National Trial. Uh, finally, before we let you go, Andy, um, we're going to just cover off the Kingwell hurdle at Wincanton. A little, trappy yeah. little affair, this one. The three, the three twelve First Street is the 11 to 8 favourite head of Nappers Hill at 13 to 8. I like to move at 100 to 30. Global Citizen making up the numbers at 33 to 1. Yeah, we missed the uh, Rednelsham hurdle as well out at um, Haydock, which is a great area. So perhaps 
have a little bit of a look back at that if we bounce back in yeah, a second. But cool. yeah, f- just the four runners. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet. I think Napa Hill will probably win. Um, he was good here when he won early on in the season, the elite hurdle, similar race to this when he beat Sco Royale. Uh, they subsequently tried him in grade two company at Cheltenham over two and a half miles. He ran really well, but he just didn't see out the trip at, in, at that level. But I don't think there's any disgrace or any shame in finishing, um, you know, a, a close up fourth behind uh, Nicky Henderson's uh, mare who won it that day. Um, looked a strong race of its kind. Obviously, you know, I take on board First Street was ahead of him, but First Street's always looked a little bit more of a stayer than uh, just a two miler. And I think Bronnie Frost, hopefully, will be able to dictate this race on our own terms because he is a front runner. Um, I've always, I've always liked first street. I think, you know, he's a horse that I've often gone for in my column because of, of his reliability factor. Um, and, you know, he, he's, he's got equally good form going right hand as he had left hand. He won at Kempton last year in a competitive handicap off top weight going right handed and the ground won't bother him. So I do think because of their twilight zone kind of um, rating and, and profile, i.e., they're not good enough to win a champion hurdle. They're not good enough to perhaps win a county hurdle off 150 odd. This is very much going to be their target for the for the season. Yes, they might roll the dice at Cheltenham if all things go well, but connections of Nappers Hill First Street, I like to move things. I think they'll really have a right crack at this. So I think this will be a really competitive race. Don't think Glebus Citizen's good enough. I think perhaps they're gearing him up for a, a spin at the the um, the Grand Annual again and and trying to mm. protect his handicap mark. Um, so, so that'll probably be the tail of, t- tail of the tape with him. But I just prefer Napa's Hill because we've caught some distance form. But you know, there's there's one pound between them on official ratings, and I, I think it is a nasty one to uh, have a dogmatic view on. Napa's Hill, thirteen to eight across the board there, and you, you mentioned the Rendlesham. So I'll go back to Haydock. It's the two o five. Uh, Ernie River is the uh, five to two favourite ahead of Ashtown Lad at seven to two. Green Book uh, nine to two. As is Itchy Feet ten to one. Bar seven runners. Yeah, again, there'll be several uh, horses that literally will be turning in their grave here, um, former winners of this race. I mean, it was a, it's a race steeped in history, but it's similar to the um, mm. the um, the race over at um, Ascot. The um, I can't remember its name now. The, the the race we've dis- we've already discussed the two mile the two mile Reynolds is it the mm. Reynoldstown? Yeah, the Reynoldstown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, goodness me. Like I said, with the greatest respect to these, the top-rated horse for a Grade Two here is 143, uh, and that's Chichi Feet, and he's obviously a, a, perhaps a lighter form he is, albeit he did win a handicap last time at per temps qualifier. Um, the one I quite like the most here is Ashdown Lad. Um, now he's got a Grand National entry, and that's probably going to be the target because he's won over the national fences. But I'm not absolutely totally convinced he's he's, he's going to get beyond three and a half miles. But he travelled really well at Warwick last time and in a what turned out to be quite a strongly run, certainly a strongly run back end of a uh, of a of a good handicap at Warwick um, when last seen behind a behind mm-hmm. a horse of um, Charlie Longsdon's. I like the way he cruised up that day, but he just didn't have the speed of the winner, who was very tenacious from the front. She has been all season, but they pulled well clear of the rest. Uh, and I I did the sort of, sort of circuit to circuit comparisons with that race compared to the two and two not two and two and a half mile races on the same card. And that three-mile race came out the best. So I didn't mind that run of Ashtown Lad. I think he'll cruise into the race going well. And then it's just a matter of whether he'll get the job done, which hopefully he will. So Ashtown Lad for me in that race. Ashtown Lad, the 7-2. Um, second favourite there with plenty of firm Skybet Hills included in those. So there you go. 
Andy, um, jumping around a bit on Saturday, um, but we've, we've got through the major races on the card. Thank you very much as ever for sharing your tips and insight with us. Um, and yeah, plenty more where that came from. Do we make sure you download the Odds Checker app for the best prices, book your offers, free bets, and plenty more uh, up on there as well, including Andy's tips every morning of racing straight to the app as well. As I said, do uh, buy a ticket for a tenner um, if you're going to be in the London area on Monday, the 6th of March for Racing Weekly Live, uh, previewing the Chartman Festival. Uh, should be a really, really good evening at the George Pub in Chiswick. £10 gets you a ticket, a pie and a pint. Uh, should be a great day. I'm hoping to make it um, if uh, parenting duties allow me to, uh, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, but have a great weekend either way. We'll be back again next week. Looking forward to that. Uh, but in the meantime, please do enjoy the racing and ensure that you're gambling responsibly. <laughs>